Are there demons already in outer space? Why doesn't big government want us to drink seawater? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This, this is Paranormal Life. Yo! Hey. Welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the paranormal podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether it is truly paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Greer Mulvena, this guy across from me, Roy Pars. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing great, Kit. You have inadvertently stumbled on one of the biggest conspiracies facing us in the 21st century. I have? Seawater, my friend. Oh, I have. Why are we not allowed to drink it? Now, I, for the past several years, have been sort of climatizing myself uh, to seawater, you know, having a little shot by my bedside table before I go to bed at night. Interesting. You have been taking a lot more weekends to Brighton. Yes. Um, coming back with very full backpacks, I notice. Gotta, gotta take stock. Gotta yeah. take stock, you know? And by the end, I will be a fish man. Right. And then, uh-oh, global warming is gonna come and everything's getting hot. I've got 50 million gallons of drinking water at my front door. We're going to have to sidebar that to, to, to the end of the episode. We got a paranormal investigation to look at here. Straight off the bat, uh, thank you so much to Ruth Bradford Harris for sending in today's investigation. Rory, our story begins in 1983, Pennsylvania, where on February 24th, a man called Don Decker walked out of the Monroe County Jail where he was serving a 14-month sentence for possession of stolen property. But he wasn't leaving because he had finished his sentence. Just days previous, Don received word that his grandfather, James Kishaw, had died suddenly. Oh no. As such, Monroe County granted him compassionate leave to leave for the weekend, attend his grandfather's funeral with the rest of his family, then promptly return to incarceration on Sunday night. Wow, I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I've just about heard of this kind of thing. I mean, Americans talk about prison versus jail. I think if you're in federal prison, this probably doesn't happen. Don Decker, they decided that he wasn't a threat, physical threat to the community. It's like a hall pass at school. It's like a, a note from the teacher at school. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're implying here is if I kill my loved ones, I can never go to jail. Uh, absolutely not. Because I, will, no, be no, 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 I no. will be released on compassionate no, leave no. for their funerals. Quite the opposite. If you kill anyone, actually, not even your loved ones, you will go to jail potentially forever. Probably never getting out for even a weekend. And the leave? The uh, compassionate? No, no, no leave. Yeah, when they were uh, arresting me and uh, reading me my Miranda rights, I probably shouldn't have screamed, I regret nothing, let me go and I'll f- kill again yeah because the whole i think the whole point is like you have the right to remain silent, silent so you did the, and i wove that right i had the right to be as loud as i wanted to well sure but then they tased you i think right they did thanks for coming to the prison as well also Record you said <laughs> when you got arrested because you already did the crime i'm out on compassionate leave to record a podcast the warden's a big fan actually but at the funeral as dawn stood at the back of the church hall he felt a deep conflict inside him. Whilst family is family, what no one else knew was that Don had had a terrible childhood and James was a violent man. Don was glad he was dead. Looking at James in the coffin, it was as if something had been resolved, that the evil in his grandfather had been put to rest, or at least so he wished. As the service ended and everyone filed out, Don spoke to Bob and Jeannie Kiefer, his friends from the Stroudsburg area. Bob, 
Jeannie, thanks for being here. Of course, Don. We're so sorry. It's, it's just so sad. Yeah, whatever. Listen, do you think I could crash at your place this weekend? I, I don't know if I can be around my family this weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, geez, anything you need. Come around and have dinner on us tonight. At Bob and Jeannie's house, Don's host started cooking dinner while Don excused himself and went to the bathroom upstairs. In the bathroom, while washing his hands, he suddenly felt the atmosphere change in the room, like the whole temperature just dropped, and a huge chill came over him. He felt like his senses were failing, and his consciousness closing in around him before he collapsed. When he opened his eyes, everything was different somehow. He slowly scrambled to his feet and looked in the mirror where he saw an old man wearing a crown looking back at him. What? But right as he blinked again, the man was gone, replaced with his own reflection. That's not good. (laughs) That ain't good. There's very few things that can happen to you after you black out and basically collapse on the floor uh, that once they happen to you, are immediately more worrying than the fact that you blacked out and collapsed on the floor. Okay, sure. You know? So it's like falling down a flight of stairs. That's pretty bad. Once you're down there, you should be like, man, I should maybe go to a hospital. I should see if my legs are okay. But if you look up and see an a thousand-year-old ghost man with a crown looking back at you in the reflection of the glass, you gotta be like, well, shit, I'm not going anywhere. I should probably call in sick to work, right? I don't know. This guy might be kind of distracting. Where do I go? Do I go to a castle now? (laughs) I gotta go to a hospital. As Don blinked, the, the vision was replaced with his own reflection, the whole trance instantly gone. The room felt normal again. The air was back in the room. All except for one thing. He felt a sharp pain around his arm. He looked down and pulled back his shirt sleeve and saw three long scratches down his wrist. Wow. He quickly pulled the light, got out of the bathroom and went downstairs. When Donnie came down, he had a strange look on his face. Very, very white. It looked like he was in pain. Jesus, Don, you look like you've seen a ghost. Are you okay? Never been better. You know, I'm actually stuffed from the funeral snack, so I'm going to turn in. What? You were so hungry. You specifically asked for three steaks for dinner. You made us cook the steaks as soon as we got home. Well, you know, grief expresses itself in weird ways. All right, good night, everyone. Wait, 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 wait. What are those scratches on your arm? Did you hurt yourself up there? Damn it, Bob. Look, there's no easy way to say this, but I I think I was attacked by a demon in your bathroom. So at least Bob and Jeannie ate dinner, and then they sat with Don in the living room. Don was being quiet, but somehow even more quiet than normal. They thought he was almost in a trance-like state. Suddenly... Everyone felt the room's temperature drop and sensed a cold, inexplicable, menacing presence that Bob later described as evil. Just then, Jeannie called over. Bob, we have a problem. He looked over to see water running down the wall. It didn't appear to be coming from anywhere. Christ, a pipe must have burst. But wait, how? The the bathroom is above the kitchen. It's only the bedroom above us. 
Well, I'll be damned. In fact, they couldn't work out any reason for the water. And when Bob stepped closer to feel it, it was sticky to the touch. Hmm. He grabbed for his phone and called their landlord, Ron, who came right around. As water was now dropping consistently from the roof and down the walls, Ron still couldn't find where the water was coming from. Yet somehow, that wasn't even the strangest part. He could swear that the water was flowing in every possible and impossible direction. We're talking from floor to ceiling, what? up the walls, as well as down. Oh my god. It was like some f***ed up optical illusion. Yet, the only person in the room who wasn't shocked and scared by what was happening was Don. His trance state had deepened to the point that he is just completely unresponsive on the sofa. <laughs> like he's so unconscious. Good. I mean, you'd be kind of worried if the landlord's there, water's flowing upwards, and you're like... What, what could be causing this <laughs> when you've got Don's limp body in a, in a lazy boy recliner, eyes rolled back into his head, mumbling Latin? I mean, you don't necessarily have to go too far to find out what the source is. Ron's like, okay, the water can wait a second. Is he okay? Like, they're like, yeah, that's just Don. He just hit his head, whatever. He's not talked in about two hours. But what about the water? Frightened and unsure of what to do next, Bob called the police. I mean, I do sympathize with. It seems like a kind of pretty drastic next step of escalation. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe just to I like... I mean, a plumber would be good for a start. Yeah. Nevertheless, shortly afterwards, officers John... <laughs> this has got to be a piss take. Officers John Baujon... <laughs> And Lieutenant Javier showed up on the scene. <laughs> this is f- <laughs> There's no way that's his name. I don't know. That's what I've written down at least. <laughs> Officers John Baujon and Richard Walbert pulled up in a squad car. The two officers arriving at the house, everything seemed completely under control from the outside. That is, until they reached the living room. Somehow, all this water was completely confined to one room. Water was flowing in every direction, just like Bob and Ron had claimed. And to both the officers' astonishment, they watched as a large drop of water formed in mid-air and flew horizontally across the room into the kitchen. What? Droplets would come from the floor, absolutely defying gravity. It flies through the living room, through the dining room, and into the darkness of the kitchen and out of sight. Wow. There you go. So we got first-hand testimony from not crazy people, arguably. Jean Baujean himself, the police officer, who was there on the day. And he described in very plain terms a goddamn paranormal thing. Not possible through the laws of physics. This is a tough situation for um, police officers to be in. There's no protocol for this. There's no code to call this in by. You can't cuff the water droplet. You can't hit it with the bat. It doesn't work. You even call in as many reinforcements as you want isn't going to make a difference. It's not going to happen. And now what we're hearing them say is that what looked like almost like a water bullet moving sideways across the room mm. in between them. As if it's trying to get their attention for something. That was weird, yeah, that Bob mentioned that the droplet was wanted to be seen. 
Yeah. Like, I've seen videos of optical illusions that, that uh, you know, it's like a water feature that makes it look like the water is going up. Mm. Uh, but that's through, like, strobing effects and things like, tricks like that. But if this is just a normal room in a normal house and not a Legend of Zelda water temple, <laughs> I don't understand how this is happening. Uh, it is immediately off the bat one of the most startling things that we have Bob, Jeannie, Don, two police officers, and Ron, the landlord, all testifying about this bizarre water movement up the walls. Uh, call a plumber. As Jeannie watched on, she thought to herself that things had only gone wrong since Don had come to the house. Not to mention, since the point that he had some kind of accident in the upstairs bathroom. So her and Bob dragged him into the kitchen and propped him on a chair. She tried to talk to him to shake him awake. Don? Don! Wake up! I don't... I told you I don't want any steak. Don! What happened upstairs? We need your help! Snap out of it! Stupid granddad, think you're so great, I'll show you. Ah, Bob, he's not helping! Let's get him out of here! But before they could carry him out, Bob was lifted out of his chair by some invisible force and thrown across the room five or six feet. Jesus! At this point, he snapped out of it momentarily, realizing that whatever had attacked him upstairs just did it again. Right in front of everyone present, he looked down at his arm, the other arm, to see three brand new scratches. Oh, every time he gets hit, he gets marked. He's got the mark of whatever is doing this. Jeez, that's really scary. Ron, the landlord, would later say in a statement, I had no doubt in my mind. I was in the presence of evil. It was definitely a demonic force at work here. It's, it's pretty good that he does have some physical evidence on him, because uh, if he doesn't, well, what it looks like is that Don went upstairs and took such a huge shit that he blocked the toilet, bust the pipes, and pa- it was such a big shit that it, his soul fled out his ass, blocked the pipes, and then his limp, <laughs> lifeless body collapsed on the sofa. So that's what it seems like. He was so exhausted that <laughs> Bob immediately asked, "What's wrong?" When he left the bathroom, he was like, "Don has been attacked by an evil force." So it's good to have some scratches on you, um, so it just doesn't look like you destroyed this house's plumbing. Immediately, everyone wanted Don out of the house, including Don. So Jeannie took Don outside and across the road to a pizza parlor. Bob decided to stay behind and try and solve whatever was happening in their home. But within minutes of Don and Jeannie leaving, the water had stopped completely. The pizza shop, however? <laughs> Hope you like soggy f***ing crusts. They get to the pizzeria, Don's like, I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> no! Don't let him in there! <laughs> I need to go! They go to meet him at the pizza place and they're like, how did it go? Dawn is covered in scratches. Not good. Not good. We have, we're, we're no longer welcome in the pizzeria. Luckily, at the pizzeria, Jeannie and Bob were friends with the owner, Pam Scrofano. As they sat down, Jeannie explained the situation to Pam, who listened intently. But no sooner had Jeannie finished telling Pam the story, she looked just beyond Pam's head to the walls of the restaurant. 
individual droplets of water were starting to form、oh、and slowly trickle downwards as a sudden cold chilled the air around them. Pam twisted around to see the story she just heard come to life right in front of her. She looked back to Jeannie, then to Dawn, who at this point is slouched and glassy-eyed, <laughs> seemingly unaware of everything around him. Where can? You, where do you take him? Where can you take him? A fire, I guess. There's nowhere. There's nowhere good for him to be. A swimming pool. Yeah. I, I don't know. The ocean. <laughs> I guess he drowned the ship. Some kind of hotel's water feature. I don't know. Pam didn't waste any time. She grabbed a crucifix from around her neck and put it around Don's. He seemed to recoil, as if in pain, like the necklace itself was burning him. Genie, I don't know what the hell is going on, but you need to call the church and get them to perform an exorcism. Don needs help. Either thanks to Pam's crucifix or Don going back to Bob and Genie's house, the water stopped as soon as they left. Either way, Don felt like a weight had been lifted from him, and that. Maybe the evil plaguing him since the funeral had somehow passed. It would have to because in just a matter of hours, Don had to be back in his jail cell. Thanks to Bob and Jeannie, he had survived the weekend, and he did make it back to Monroe County. Only the phenomenon wasn't completely over. Oh boy! Something followed him back inside. This is kind of a difficult situation to be in because, you know, when I think demons. I think hell. I think fire. I think red, hot.、Right. A water demon. I don't know how to handle that situation. What are you gonna do? Give him holy water? He loves the fucking stuff. It's so true. Although to be fair, I wouldn't know what to do with a fire demon. I mean, we've probably talked about them on the podcast. I'm still unclear on that. Right. Word spreads fast on the inside, and rumors started circulating about what had happened over the weekend. Prison warden Dave Keenhold would later say that many inmates and guards were somewhat religious and afraid of demonic activity. They became very wary of Don, sensing the same eerie, cold feeling around him. Something had changed. Don wasn't haunted by the trance state and psychic attacks that he felt at his friend's house, but he sensed that deep inside, some part of him could still control the water. That it was somehow under his command. Before long, Don's cellmate, the guards, and several other inmates witnessed water pooling around the floor of his cell,、oh、seemingly、God. from nowhere, or manifesting from the roof and flowing down the walls. Let him go. <laughs> Get him out of there. This is weird. No, no man should have to live like this if you have the power to. Semi-control water. His life is hell. Let him open up a water park. He's only in there for fourteen months. He's probably served twelve. Like at this point, he's a liability. <laughs> yeah. The prison warden would later say, "Water was all over his cell. Water was going horizontal, vertical. Water was climbing up the walls, defying the laws of gravity." After that, we had this man is beyond your jurisdiction now. He has to go to wizard court. <laughs> He should no longer be in a prison cell. I, I'm the judge on this case. Open the gates. There, a mortal man should not be deciding whether this beast stays locked up anymore. He didn't even kill anyone.、No. He just stole some bread. I think he did. Like Jean Valjean. <laughs> he didn't even steal it. He was he was sent down for possessing stolen property. This is 
it's gotten so out of hand. I feel like no one is going to blame the warden if he goes, get him out of here. He's going to drown us in about a day. We need to get him out of here. It's kind of interesting to see that, like, we've all seen the X-Men movies. This is like someone who falls through the cracks of the (laughs) X-Men Academy system, who never gets approached by Xavier in the street. It's a big world full of mutants out there. Uh You know, when you're watching the X-Men, all we see are the ones that Xavier went and picked up. Those are the Harvard (laughs) grads. What about the the flunkies, the guys who drop out before they ever get to secondary school. This point where he's in the jail cell making puddles, give him high fives, is when Xavier should have shown up. Oh, yeah. And say, you know, I'm putting together a school of gifted mutants. What happens if he never comes? That's it. What happens if Dumbledore never sent the letter? What if the You're letter just a just weird little f- weird freak. Rot in a jail cell. People just think you're a demon. This is a bad situation to be in. Because you know what happens? This is how you get super villains. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to Hogwarts. They didn't get <sighs> so picked true. to be in the X-Men. No one showed up to give them a, a silver spoon. They just have to They just have to be ridiculed and arrested. To be fair, the old man in the mirror could have been Xavier or Dumbledore. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's really the first hurdle of whether or not you should be accepted into the X-Men if you pass out upon seeing Xavier Woods. Wait, his name's not Xavier Woods, is it? That's a wrestler. (laughs) I don't know. I just went with it. That would be extra weird if he showed up. That's right. Prison Warden Keenhold said, The water was defying the laws of gravity. After that, we had to put him in a different cell block. The other inmates refused to even be in the same space as Dawn. They were so scared. The final straw was when, to win a bet, Don simply clicked his fingers and sent a splash of water from his cell through the jail and into the prison warden's office, soaking his shirt. What? Prison warden Dave Keenhold said he immediately knew it was Don Decker and that something needed to be done. Are these actual testimonies from from p- wardens and jail people there is prison officers there is a a one-hour documentary about this case and there are testimonies from bob from ron from uh don himself from dave keenhold the prison warden from everyone the policeman everyone involved and dave is like he's evil he splashed my goddamn shirt it would really suck if you went to that prison and you were out at like it was your first day there you go out to the courtyard and you know prison rule you gotta go knock out the toughest guy in the we yard we always say in the pod has to be done to assert your dominance sure so you're like you know you're eyeing up the italian mobsters you're looking at those skinhead nazis over there and sure. you're like i'm gonna go absolutely hammer him so you ask some little guy you're like hey who's the toughest guy uh in, in the prison i'm gonna lay him out oh that'd be dawn he's possessed by a water demon and can control the tides with his mind that's a little bit more difficult he's on some he's on some uh, moses shit he can part the seas it's like trying to deck a rock pool it doesn't work you just go straight through it this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot. And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. That's right, Dave had decided something needed to change. The next day, after several priests and preachers refused a call, they successfully found an evangelical preacher who was willing to perform an exorcism on Don Decker. Wow. Does he want this done, though? Or is it kind of like, you're, you're getting this done? I think he's in jail. He doesn't have a choice. Okay. It's very much, you're going to stop splashing everyone. And like I say, I think at this point, he's not having like any blackouts or anything. So okay. I wouldn't imagine he was fully on board, but right. as Don lay in his cell, the holy man started praying and reading from the Bible. According to both Don and Dave, the water started flowing all throughout the cell, in every direction, just like before. But this time, no matter where the water fell, it would not land on the pages of the Bible. Wow! As the preacher kept reading and getting louder and louder, Don started spasming and convulsing until suddenly he stopped. The water stopped. The cold in the air had gone. Everyone present felt the sense of evil and foreboding had gone. Don Decker had been saved. Wow. That's First it. try as well. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we covered on a previous episode about exorcisms where they were conducting exorcisms every damn day for years. Yeah, the exorcism of Annalise Michelle went on for, I think, years. Some, sometimes it was twice a day. Yeah. Yeah, and that, there was no water anywhere. That was just sometimes she floated. This is some I think she actually ate spiders as well. That's pretty yes. weird. Yes. Um, yeah, this is like a Steph Curry kind of preacher. He just like <laughs> slammed half court in one. He just took out the Bible, flicked to a random page, pointed it at a passage, read it out loud, and the water stopped. And it was just like Penguin Random House Books 2011 <laughs> Limited. It's like I don't think I don't think you've got to the start of the bible yet sir the curse is broken okay what how did that do it he read the fucking blurb and this more or less concludes the case of don decker the water boy wow i was so on board until you until you packaged it up like that we gotta come up with a better name a better name than don decker the water boy aquaman's uh, taken unfortunately yeah yeah that's a good point what about um the aquatic beast. Or All right. Something like that. I'm open. Okay. Don the limpet. What? Is that better? No, it's worse, isn't That's it? That's worse. Yeah. Okay. Now let's do the aquatic beast. The AB. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what a case. What a case. You know, I'm very appreciative of the uh, the time and effort that went into that. 
Uh, I did bump into you yesterday in the kitchen midway through watching the hour-long documentary. Right, right, right. So I, I know that, uh, you know, you spent a lot of time with these people and a lot of time with this case. Sure, I had my eye mask on. Sure, I might have been snoozing through the hour documentary. Might have snoozed for 90 minutes, in fact. Missed the whole damn thing. The funniest bit was uh, we have to record a, a bonus episode uh, this week for our Patreon on patreon.com. You can get That's bonus right. episodes every month. And uh, earlier when we were planning, I mentioned this email that we'd got in and i was like hey someone emailed in about a guy who can make it rain indoors that would probably be good for a bonus episode because they're usually a little more silly and free yeah and then when i bumped into you you were like it's a main episode it's an hour (laughs) it's an hour long i'm on the third documentary i I was one step away from saying it's real then and there Uh, Uh, but i appreciate that you took it through the proper channels uh where we could debate whether or not this is a true case. Absolutely. Well, Rory, based on what we've heard so far, what are your immediate thoughts about the truthfulness of this case? Well, there's a lot of good things that we have in this case. Mm. Uh, First off, which is testimonies from men of the law. That's right. Police officers, prison wardens. Yeah, men of the goddamn punishment. Exactly. They enforce the law, which is great because they're usually people who have um, are a bit more uh, reputable when it comes to witnessing paranormal events. It's also, even though it is a very strange case, it's not too far in the direction of being completely unfathomable. Yes. Aside from seeing a weird old man with a crown uh, in the reflection of the mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, water just running weird. That's a that's a very cool idea. That's a very cool mm. idea about something physical that can happen in our world. Yeah. Granted, controlling a blob of water in and out of jails until it slaps the warden across the back of the head, that's a, that's a little harder to believe. But then again, that's in a, a place where we have a huge amount of witnesses. Granted, half of them are criminals. Of course. But the other half are the opposite of criminals. Except for some, some of those guys happen on the inside. Let's be real. Of course, yeah. You, you can, you, you can tell. You talking about prison warden Dave? Prison warden Dave, the baddest motherfucker in that building. Let me tell you that. This case is interesting from a number of standpoints. It seems almost unprecedented in this style of paranormal case. Yeah. I don't think I've ever come across other incidences of specifically water being water banded. Yeah. In this bizarre X Men style way. Um. Not to mention, like you say, the sheer number of credible witnesses. The closest I can relate to this in terms of real world experiences was uh, the my old flat that I used to live in the week before I moved out. Uh, I think it was like a Monday or something and I was asleep, had to get up for work. And all of a sudden I started having this dream that I was on a boat that was sinking mm. and there was like alarms blaring and I was like, I'm going to f- drown in my dream like inception or something uh and when i woke up there was water leaking through my ceiling through the through the fire alarms oh my god which had triggered the fire alarms jesus so my bed was wet i didn't piss myself my bed was wet and the alarms are going off and that obviously like sunk into my subconscious. And then you have that, I had that kind of moment where, you know, when you just wake up for, from a dream and you got about 60 milliseconds 
of existing between both planes. Yes. You're like, I'm in kind of dream world, kind of real world. The twilight realm. It's <laughs> like the good place, as I call it. Uh, to basically just try and comprehend the fact that I was kind of drowning on an old ship, but also just <laughs> in my bedroom with the fire alarms going off. It was a very confusing thing uh, to try and grasp and try and understand. So I can kind of understand uh, the situation that these people were in when they couldn't fully comprehend the motion of the water and the experiences that they were going through. Yeah, it's just so bizarre that this is compared to a sort of dream and reality state, which is so subjective that this is this has gone the other way, where it's this bizarre consensus reality where three or four people are agreeing that something arguably impossible happened yeah that puts us in a very difficult position before we come down to conclusions i will kind of throw a last couple pieces of qualifying evidence at the case in terms of similar cases like i say i couldn't really find any with water there are a number of paranormal investigations out there that we might cover at a later date to do with things like bleeding walls i even found one blog where someone kind of sort of half seriously, half humorously posted photos of their roof bleeding. I'm kind of leaving these blood droplets on the floor. That ain't good. But these become kind of tricky because without investigating these fully, they can also just be part of leaks. And then that leak mixes with some like rusty metal upstairs and then it creates blood that leaks into the walls. Um, But I really couldn't come across anything matching this level of... um, bizarre the closest one i can think of is i think it was a bonus episode that we did on the day it rained blood oh yeah that was kind of that was insane i forgot that weird but not weird in a different way yeah it wasn't someone controlling it it wasn't really uh, a known paranormal event it was just <laughs> i think two occasions where it rained like gelatinous blood from the sky that was a really weird episode it was odd because it didn't necessarily break the laws of physics. Um, nothing flowed upwards instead of downwards, but it... <laughs> it still rained blood. But it rained like blood and meat, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of an interesting one because it was like, well, it did happen. Yeah. So that we have to draw... That's not something to <laughs> conclude to at the end. So I guess how did it happen and why did it happen? A number of people have tried to attack this from a rational perspective and try to draw up some more sensible conclusions. The most popular of which is that in February in Pennsylvania, it can get pretty cold. And more than one researcher has suggested that that kind of deposits of ice on uh, roofs or attics of houses could become thawed towards the end of winter. And that this could cause especially if someone was heating a house, could cause sudden meltwater to just drown your house in right. a very short space of time. And that would mean that there's no plumbing problems, nothing to do with the infrastructure of the house, and seemingly all evidence of it being gone once the water has melted. Right, right. Um, but this still doesn't necessarily explain the way that the water flowed upwards and downwards. Um, yeah, or the ice at the pizza place, or the ice in the prison... Or controlling a water ball. And lastly, this isn't really a piece of evidence, but just a kind of something worth pointing out, that in 2012, Don was arrested again and charged with arson. Wow. What was he? Kind of a a unique little 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, they got rid of his water powers. 
So he's got to pivot to something. Yeah. He's like, all right, Xavier doesn't like water. Well, I'll wait till he shows up and I'm throwing fucking fireballs. Arrested immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's a little less playful if you're trying to burn the warden. Yes. You know, because with, with water, you give him a little splash and it's like, ah, hey, who ev- did it? I don't know who did it. Yeah, it's like a super soaker. Everyone likes it. If you're throwing petrol bombs through the, the office window. Yeah. That's a little less funny. Someone's going to get hurt, Don. Like I say, not really evidence, but it's an interesting uh, show of character. <laughs> but Rory, at the end of every episode, we need to come down to a conclusion whether this case is true or not. What are we saying today? Damn, well, first off, I think I'm going to have to watch this documentary right this is an interesting case it's full of everything that i like except for physical evidence Mm -hmm. uh, which i think we're missing out on you know even though we had testimonies from police officers although what what is that water in a cup i don't know what the evidence would be in this i guess video footage it would have to be you know if you could perform these fantastical um magic water tricks on demand in a prison the place where there are cameras pretty much around every corner by law, you would assume that there would be some footage of this. That is obviously the gold standard of evidence in this case, is if Don retained his waterbending abilities to this day and could do it on demand on camera. Yes. But Don conveniently was cured of his demonic water par way. Which, which, which is horseshit, by the way, that you, she should have never been... Never been taken away from him. And why would Jesus want to take those powers away in the first place? He because walked Jesus on water. seemed to be pretty fond of magical abilities. Involving water. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He was a waterbender. He loved it. This is a unique problem for us when coming down on a conclusion is where we have no physical evidence yet an overwhelming amount of reliable testimony. So yeah. we either have to make the decision that this truly happen as per every person's word or that like six reputable people are all lying over the course of like 30 years Hmm, that's a tough one isn't it seeing as i don't trust anyone right ever sure without physical evidence this week unfortunately for me it's gonna have to be a no i think we're in agreement there uh i would love to be proved wrong on this one but for me, I start to get kind of weird once we get into the, like, the water doesn't touch the Bible, religious exorcism thing, which yeah. like, kind of ties up the story in a neat bow. And like you say, I can't necessarily trust every single testimony here, and it just has to be a no. Unfortunately, that is the end of the case of Dawn and his puddle powers. Dawn the water boy. N- aquatic beast sure whatever aquatic beast well you call it that and we'll agree to disagree guys hope you enjoyed the investigation today thank you so much to ruth bradford harris for emailing that one into us um please do keep sending your amazing podcast suggestions to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com it really is where we get all our episode ideas these days it's as straightforward as that if you email us in an interesting case there is a very high chance we will cover it Guys, if you just cannot get enough of this paranormal life, always remember that on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, there, there's bonus content waiting for you. Oh, yeah. From five bucks a month, you can get access to a host of bonus episodes. We've been doing them for a couple years. There's a, a stash now. It's like 25 plus episodes. So if you would like to hear the story of the day that it rained blood and meat and that we 
still couldn't really get to the bottom of. Yeah. A, a solid mystery. Head on over to patreon.com and check out that episode for five bucks. The content taps are open, folks. They're flooding out like water. Uh, bonus content is going up the walls, shooting across you in bullet form. Slapping prison wardens in the S- face. It's <laughs> we were, Me, Kit, and I are getting splashed like it's a goddamn wet t-shirt contest. You're going to want to go over to check out patreon.com and just... Just drink up all this delicious bonus content. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who have supported us on Patreon. Let's do it right now. Let's go. Thank you so much to Vikash Taylor. Whoa, Vikash is looking fly out here because, uh-oh, he's a tailor. Ooh, nice. That's, that's what people don't realize. If you're a tailor, not only do you make other people look good, but obviously you save the best pieces for yourself. Yeah. Vikash also has a tailored mustache. Mm. And it is tailored perfectly to fit his own face. Also, he is flush with the cash. <laughs> it is, yeah, from all the tailoring. Thanks also to L.E.J. Mortimer. Wow, massive thank you, L.J. Now, L.J., I, I only assume stands for elephant's lasagna. Is that correct, sir? Is that? Why would it stand for lasagna if it's J? <laughs> Why the f*** would it stand for what you just said? The... <laughs> the J is silent, no, so well, it's not it's, pronounced. It's, it's, so why why is there an L? That's not a silent letter. The, if you re- read it phonetically, it would say lasagna. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't pronounce the J. So, so it's, okay, it's well we should lasagna. move past it. It's nothing. What the fuck is an elephant <laughs> lasagna? LJ, I'm so sorry the kid is doing this to you. Let's no, just no, no, thank no. you for your support. No, LJ, I'm sorry they're always doing this to you. Thanks also to Amelia Cox. Amelia Cox, the host of Amelia Talks. That's nice. right. Uh oh, that's this is this is the uh, lower forty-eight hottest talk show on oh, the yeah. radio. Um, unfortunately, it's been around for a really long time. Conversations are pretty problematic. Most of the guests really problematic. It's probably going to get shut down soon. Amelia, you really gotta, you really gotta get more woke like us. We're so culturally sensitive. You know, at the same time, it's it's hilarious. I love tuning in. So of course, don't change anything. Especially that bit you do at the end, where if you disagree with your guest, you put him into a giant gun and say, "Time to cox it," and then you you pull back the trigger yeah. and fire them into the sun. That's that's a great bit. It's so great. keep that. Definitely keep that. Thanks also to John Webb. John Webb, a little-known fact, inventor of the web, a.k.a. the internet. The worldwide one. That's right, yeah. He actually campaigned pretty hard for it to be HTTP forward slash John 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 dot and then the website but <laughs> right the powers that be were like that's unbelievably vain of you he's like I'll, I'll take JJJ JJJ no you'll do that hard no. Like, no you've made it it's ours now you don't have anything to do in fact you don't even get paid which is insane he gets away John. yes and they slapped all of his eight hands away did we mention he's a spider oh, of he's obviously a spider of course <laughs> thanks also to Chris Hunt Chris is always on the hunt. This guy never takes a day off on his life. Christmas Eve, he's out there freezing his nips off in the woods looking for Bigfoot. Easter Day, he's hunting the rabbit himself. Halloween, he is a ghost of his former self. He's always on and he's always hunting. And I appreciate the hustle. There's a little thing called work-life balance though, Chris, and you should maybe look at that. Yeah. After you find Bigfoot. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't give up yet. Thanks also to Ryan Fisher. Ryan actually tried to uh, get a couple wishes out of a mermaid by fishing her out of the water. Oh. Yeah. 
That's not how mermaid. I don't know why he thought mermaids could one grant wishes. No, they don't. And two needed to be rescued from their natural habitat. They're women. Yeah, and you should actually treat them like them. And half fish, so treat them like they belong in the Double water. Double respect. Okay? Yeah. Um, he didn't get any wishes, and the mermaid couldn't breathe. So, that's a double loss. Thanks also to Adam Busby. Buzz, buzz, Adam Busby. Keep an eye out for John Webb, inventor of the internet, and also a giant Spider-Man. Not to be confused. Not, I don't mean like a giant superhero Spider-Man. Right. I mean he is. He's more or less a mishmash. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. Whereas I assume you were just a bee, a full bee, not half bee, half man. Seems to be. <laughs> it's crazy that John has the time. Like to develop groundbreaking human technologies, but also is interested in catching bees. Yeah, that's the spider instinct kicking in. Thanks also to Stratum Sketch. Talk about a sketchy character. Oh, <laughs> in a sense that I think they they were drawn by some sort of enchanted pencil. Oh, yeah, they're not just like they don't just do crimes and things. It's literally a, a, a cartoon dog oh, that has came has come to life and somehow got into podcasts. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. What a world. I'm glad that you've drawn us some money and given that to us. We can't use it. Can't know. The bank's not going to take that. So you, you're, you're going to need to cough up. All yeah. right. <laughs> a dollar sign written on an A4 doesn't count as legal tender, unfortunately. No. Thanks also to Thomas Billing. Thomas, you are the bomb ass. And we will be billing you monthly for your bonus content. I hope you enjoy all the additional episodes that you're going to be, that are just going to be pouring out of your headphones. You won't even be, it'd be like, you know, when you're, when someone's trying to like, uh, juggle plates sure. and then one plate is like, oh my God, uh, this one's going down. This one's going down. Sure. It's just going to be that, but with bonus episodes. So good luck, Thomas. Thanks also to Chance Dawson. Chance Dawson, not to be confused with their sister, Community Chest Dawson. Uh, parents big into board games, evidently. Um, named their kids uh, Chance, Community Chest, and uh, Top Hat. After the little Top Hat, the one that you get in uh, Monopoly. So it's not even the game, just the okay, just the just the piece, the piece. just the piece. Interesting. Um, you're obviously rolling in cash if your old man's that into Monopoly. So thanks for sending some our way. Thanks also to Isabel Longley. Well, if it isn't Ding Dong Lee, that's right. She is a bell. What? <laughs> she, she is a bell, my friend. Uh, One of those old ass ones they hang at the top of church towers. Are you being serious? Yeah, I don't know how she n- even knows what a podcast is. I don't know how she became sentient. Maybe mm. she's possessed by some sort of, well, I guess the water demon's taken. So wind, wind demon. I guess I get pretty bored in my week, you know, have time for podcasts, so I would imagine the life of a bell is quite slow. Yeah. You might need a lot of audio drama to entertain you. <laughs> you know, you'll just be listening to the, the latest episode of Serial, and you're like, wow, this episode is really... Oh, j- 2.15? A ding, ding, dong, dong, dong! Shit, I missed that one. Uh, that's fine. But the bell is really being weird today. Thanks also to Matt Brook. Matt Brook? I've got your MacBook. And if you don't start upping your monthly donations, I'm whoa, feeling a little whoa, 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 snappy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, <laughs> this is just getting into sorry. threats. Yeah, All sorry. Right. Give them. Where did you get the MacBook? I ganked it. 
from okay, the coffee well, shop. You can't say that because that's theft. Well, so. I did. Well, I did say it. If you ever honest. want to see it Too back honest. in one piece, no. Well, it's, I just said no more threats. Go back to last week because I already snapped it. Okay. All right. You don't get the MacBook then. He's not giving any more money. I didn't think about that actually. Thanks also to Troy Stanion. Well, if it isn't Troy Boy, the Italian Stanion. I'm not actually sure what a stallion is, no relation to stallion, but uh, Troy is Italian in all things he does. Um, he likes to drink coffee from a very tiny cup. He likes to, you know, he's always uh, romancing left, right, and center and driving incredibly fast Italian sports cars. So basically, I want to be you, Troy. If you could somehow coach us in the ways yeah. where, you know, we're cultureless uh, British people at the end of the day. British and American people, I should say. Troy Powers? That's what, that's like the coolest name ever. Yeah. My God, you'd be unstoppable. Let's get married. Thanks also to Danielle Graham. Welcome to Danny's Diner. Only one thing on the menu, my friend. Graham. Oh. That's right. It's undercooked, that's, undernourished, that's unsafe. and oversalted. Okay, back specialty, to safe again. Danny's, <laughs> Danny's specialty, Graham. You can only get it one place because she's in kind of like... It's like a boat, so she has to go out to international waters where she can actually legally serve the bish. Surely no one wants this. It's one of those, like, it's like that uh, that fish where if you cut it wrong, you die. It's poisonous. Okay. So cooked wrong, poisonous. Sure. Cooked right, poisonous. you'll still get pretty ill. Okay. <laughs> Thanks also to Icarus Garza. Well, if it isn't Icarus, the guy who flew too close to the sun and got a gorgeous tan oh my god worth it it was amazing because he really was able to turn this into a beautiful kind of startup he flies people up incredibly close to the sun they get a gorgeous tan in minutes beautiful and uh, the wings melt straight back to earth straight back down uh, they got a little parachute and they can flex on the ground and make double their money it's great business so icarus you know props thanks for throwing some this way I mean, his retinas are, are fried. Oh, gone. Yeah, he can't Granted, see anything. He's, he's blind. He can't see the grams. He needs to get someone else to post <laughs> yeah. the grams. Thanks also to McNever Say Never. All right. Thank you for the support. Love the enthusiasm. Um, Quick quick note. Sure. You should sometimes say never mm. uh, to arson, yep. uh, heroin, yep. kicking small animals. Yep. So just a couple on the list. So I'm willing to go on the line and say this person's done all those things. They yeah, never which say is never. a little worrying. But then they've also never said never to robbing a bank, which is obviously why they made such a bountiful donation uh, mm. this month. So actually, just keep doing you. You seem to be doing great. I never saw it from that way before. Thanks also to Christian Perkins. Christian's on a mission to adopt all the purr little kitchens in the world. Hmm. Yeah, that one was a bit of a stretch, but he is is essentially... It is true. It just happens to, to almost sound like his name. He has adopted, I think, 2,700 cats. 2,700? So far. So far and as counting, well. Huh? And counting. They're probably breeding too, presumably. Oh, they're multiplying like f***ing bunnies. Okay. <laughs> Not like cats, who actually multiply even faster than bunnies. Um, He's managed to keep it to bunny level. Bunny level. Uh, but good luck to you. You're doing the Lord's work. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Elizabeth Mentor. Elizabeth Mentor is a mentor, but not really a good one. She she gives oh. pretty generally bad advice, actually. Oh. Um, a lot of arson, a lot of theft, a lot of kind of get-rich-quick schemes. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. That, that that's not mentoring. 
It is. It's just crime. It is, but it's just not good advice. Right. You just shouldn't listen. So if Elizabeth um, offers to be your mentor for a very reasonable fee, say no. I guess it's like if your mentor was Voldemort. <laughs> He's still giving you advice. Yeah. It's probably going to be pretty black, dark art shit, but uh, it's still technically advice. Thank you to everyone we've just shouted out today and everyone we're yet to shout out. I hope you guys all enjoyed this week's episode. We will be back next Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. I almost forgot on the podcast a bunch of months ago, I played a track from my band ABQ. Our sing- last single was Edge of the Earth. Well, we got a new one for you. It came out yesterday and you can catch it on all streaming platforms. Uh, here's a, a listen.
Oh boy, that was a beefy one.